0: podcast. We're still in our boot camp series. Today we're gonna do the D word debacle. Debacle. I mean the people of God they found themselves in a debacle I mean, they, they successfully again did not talk to God about their next steps and found themselves in a bad spot. But we're going to talk about faith today. We're going to talk about the difference between the fight of faith and the fight for faith. And you're going to be released into a new revelation of how to operate in faith. Come on, let's get right into that word. Isn't church awesome? Yeah. Like man, I'm telling you, that was, I've been so richly blessed today. I was blessed before service even started. Just engaged with people and hanging with people and I've just been loving it so much. And you know, I think, uh, you know, I, I believe Richard Hall figured out the heat, uh, figured it out. We figured it out about two hours too late, but, but uh, by the time we leave today, it's gonna be really warm in here. So uh, that's awesome. So that means the next six weeks, uh, it should be better. And, you know, we're, we're probably not, we were thinking of going to a Saturday night service in March over at Faith Tabernacle, but we'd called a whole bunch of schools and different things. We finally had the Christian high school call us back and hey, you guys were calling us. We're like, yeah. And so we went and saw the Christian high school over on Brayside there. And uh, it's actually a great facility, and we can use it on Sunday morning. And they got parking and loads of space and we don't have to walk a million miles to get there and there's lots of room and we can have fun there. So, so we're, we're gonna see if we can put together a, a Sunday morning service over there. So what do you think? So we'll give that a try, because Saturday night and then just sending out a, a, poor, a, a, a stream of that the next day. Thank you, Kelly. <laughs> By God. Thank God I say thank God for Kelly because yeah, the stream the next day I just I don't know Sunday's a better deal all the way around, right? Amen And we're still like we should I mean within the boundaries of issuing permits, the latest we should be getting a permit is the 20th of January. I was hoping for a miraculous better date than that, but we should be getting our permits this week, and uh, stuff should be happening and wowzers, I tell you, so exciting. You guys are awesome, because we've been on a crazy journey together for a while. Add COVID to it and all kinds of other nonsense, and what a trip. But it's been fun to be on a trip with you guys. I've really enjoyed the ride with you, and I just appreciate how you've all kind of partnered with us. And uh, we're doing this on purpose, because London is going to be flooded with the glory of God. Like, just, you know, and just... Everything within 200 miles is going to be so glorious touch that the whole world is going to go, what are they doing? And we're going to see a global revival. How many can see that? Three people, same three people every week. You know, it's this man. Let's pray. Let's pray, Father. We pray for a fourth revelation. We pray for the four to come forth in Jesus. We're doing boot camp. That's what we're doing. We're doing boot camp because we thought we'd get into this preparation for this exciting transition we're in. And the transition kind of booted us a little bit as well. So, uh, but we're enjoying it. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm learning a lot about myself in this trip and in this journey. And I'm preaching a lot to myself today. So, Carl, pay attention. As I tell you, God's speaking to you today, and so he's speaking to us, it's going to be good. All right, so are there things we can do now to prepare for what's next? And there always is, and there's things we should do as we see what God is taking us into and doing with us. You know, we should prepare for that. So last week we talked about the debut, and the debut is, is the first. And they, all of these things, they got into the land, but they hadn't possessed anything yet. They hadn't taken over anything. They hadn't, hadn't had victory over anything yet, but last week we started with the debut, it's the number one. It's the first time that we get to take possession of the land. And in the debut, we saw that they took the city of Jericho and Hebrews 1130 says, by faith, the walls of Jericho fall. So how did the walls of Jericho fall? By faith by faith. So they took that first city, that impossible, that obstacle that just looked so impenetrable. It was taken by faith, by faith. The walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around seven days. Why did they do the marching thing? Because that was the voice of God. That was the living, breathing, verbal strategy of God. That was a, a word from God with power to bring into manifestation what he had promised to them. So they got the revelation from God. They acted on that revelation and their faith in that living word brought into manifestation what they had hoped for. And you know what? Your whole journey with God is about faith. And so we're going to step from the debut into the debacle. So it's a story of two cities, Jericho and Ai. Ai was a small city. Jericho was an impenetrable city. They embraced the strategy by faith. They embraced revelation from God. They took something that looked impossible by faith, but then the next stage led to a debacle. After such an amazing victory, they experienced a frustrating, disappointing defeat. It takes more than bread to stay alive. It takes a steady stream of words from God's mouth. A steady stream. Say steady. Steady. I'm not living on a word, I'm living on the living word. I'm living on, it says, I live in, another translation says the progressive word of God. There's not the word, it's not the logos, it's a progressive living word that comes from God every moment of every day. Every day he loads me with benefits. Every day his mercies are new. Every day I'm attending to the voice and the word of God to see, with eyes to see and ears to hear, what's the Lord doing today? Some people say, you know, what would Jesus do? I I think that's stupid. I say, what is Jesus doing? Because I am living in a living relationship with God. I'm not, I'm not trying to study Gee, I wonder what he'd do right now. I don't have to wonder because he's speaking to me. He's guiding me every moment of the day. I'm living out of divine life, divine truth, and divine revelation. Can I get an amen? Carl, pay attention. All right. Public victories flow out of the practice of private visitation. Public victories flow out of the practice, the living abiding practice of the presence of God, the life of God, there's a steady stream. So we were here, we were at rear, boom, right? They got a revelation of what to do, ah, boom. Now what's fun about having my computer is I can do that again. We got an impenetrable situation. We get a revelation for God. Their revelation happened to be seven times around, seven times on the Sabbath day, and then, Ah! oops, oh, sorry. I hit the wrong button. I might need a specific button pusher. Ah! Boom. Let's try that again. Oh, no. Ah! Boom. Let's try that again. try that again. Ready? Isn't that good? It's really that simple. You know what you got to do though is you got to go like, that'll really work you got to really believe that what God spoke to us is going to be the remedy to what's in front of me. So 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For all of the God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. All of God's promises are, God, when you said that, are you for real about that? Yes. Really? Yes. See, and your response to that is, Amen. And amen, I love this translation. It says, and the amen, which is yes, ascends to God for his glory. So God, God gets glory when he fulfills his promises in your life. God is glorified when His promises are manifest when we say yes to his promises and there 's a manifestation. It, miracles give glory. He turned the water into wine. this is thus he revealed his glory. He turned the water into wine, thus he revealed his glory. The miracles are a revelation of the greatness and kindness of God, and he wants to show up a whole lot more than we think now, thanks be to God who always leads us in. Triumph! Living with God is a constant and continuous party every single day. It's not a struggle. It's not a fight. It is a constant, wonderful party. It's just receiving the goodness and wonderful things of God every single day. It is triumph. You don't achieve victory. You receive victory. His rest. I enter into the finished work of the cross. All the promises are yes. Where are the promises? Yes. They're yes in your ability to believe. They're yes in your ability to strive for Him. They're yes in your ability to memorize Scripture and pray hard enough and fast. And no, they're in Christ. Christ did all the heavy lifting and every promise is yes in Christ. Are you in Christ? Yep. See, when you ever you see in Christ in the Bible, when you're reading, it says in Christ, that's you because you're in Christ. Every time you see in Christ, that's yours because you're in Christ. So good. So every single thing is yes and amen in Christ. So what we saw here was we saw a fresh encounter. He saw the man with the sword. He realized it's, it's God himself, Jesus, a theophany speaking to him. He has a heavenly vision. See, I've given you Jericho. He gets divine direction. He eliminates all the distractions, tells people, shut up, just do this talking. Don't talk. Don't even get weird about it. Shh. Pay attention. Boom. They did it. They just did it. They had that clear decree. They shouted out and boom, they experienced victory. That's a real simple pattern. You got a problem? Get a fresh encounter with God. He's going to give you fresh heavenly vision. He's going to give you divine direction. You just eliminate anything that would try to hinder that or narrow you speak it out, declare it, act on it, do what you do. Boom. Have a clear, clear expression of what God wants. Bang. You'll experience victory every time amen I'm telling you there it is so let's move into the sermon which is the first part of the sermon debacle all this had to be D's. We had to title every sermon with a D. So that's been a bit hard itself. But there was a debacle. And this was an absolute tragedy. An unbelievable mess happened after Jericho. So after, here we are. Jericho 7 verse 3. Joshua says, and they returned to Joshua. Joshua sends out a group of people. We just took Jericho. So good. We're so excited. We're living in the afterglow of an amazing victory. And so we're looking. What's next? And they go, check out what's next. See, see, what's the next town? What's in line? So we sent a few people out to scout it out and it says they came back returned to joshua he said to him hey don't let all the people go up but let about two or three thousand men go up and attack ai do not weary all the people I mean, let's chill on this one, you know? It's not a big deal. I mean, Jericho, look at that. Boom. I mean, pretty awesome. The next town, nothing like the big wall monstrosity. Few people, no big deal. Send two or 3,000 fellers. We're going to take care of that. Don't worry, everybody. Look, some people just enjoying themselves, partying, having fun. Let's just pull out a few thousand guys and get her done. So that's what they decided. So that was the strategy that Joshua received from the spies that went out to check this one out. And Joshua said, alas, Lord, why have you brought this people over the Jordan? So here's what happened in a few verses. They go to Ai, a few thousand people, and the guys from Ai come out and beat the tar out of them. And the 3,000 people ran away, and it literally says they ran away, and their hearts became like water. Their hearts literally melted, and they're running away, going, Oh, I thought we were awesome. I thought God was for us. They ran away. 35 people died, and the people in AI went, Woo! We kicked their butt. So now they come back and tell Joshua what happened. And here's what Joshua says. And Joshua said, alas, Lord God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all? To deliver us to the hand of the Armonites? Have you brought us here to destroy us? Oh, that we had been content to dwell and stay on the other side of the Jordan. This is the leader. This is Joshua. He's, He's the guy with the deep revelation. He's the guy. And suddenly he's like, I wish we'd never even come. I wish we stayed on the other side. I can't believe how miserable this is this is right after an amazing victory in Jericho a little town of Ai kicked their butt you ever been through a time you're just on the mountain just yeah I'm awesome I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and you get a little nasty email or a letter in the mail or something pops up and you're like oh God why have you forsaken me <laughs> pay attention Carl I mean, that happens, you know? You're like, man, what's wrong with the city? How did that happen? We, 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 we got all this worked out last January. How could the city tell us, yeah, it's all good, and then suddenly, yeah, we don't know who told you that. Well, somebody in your office told us this. Ah! We should have just stayed at 220 Adelaide. Who cares if we couldn't grow there and the parking was an issue, and who cares if God gave us a fresh new vision? At least it was comfortable. Anyways, sorry to personalize that. Hate it when that happens. You know, God wants to bless you every day. He wants to take you from superabundant to superabundant. He wants you to live in a constant party. We preach that, but we don't really believe it's going to happen in your life. We read it in the Bible, but we don't really expect that you should expect that every day. I mean, it's just nice stories to kind of give you a little strength to get through because Monday's coming. No, we really expect this to be every day. We really expect that, yeah, I'm on top and never below. I'm blessed. Every day he loads me with benefits. Every day I am so sloppy blessed that I got more than enough for myself. I'm just generous every single time, every place I go. I am living, walking, breathing, just unbelievable dispenser of heavenly favor everywhere I go. Because all his promises are yes, in Christ Jesus. And to that I say, amen, big fella tell you God's given us a great vision he's given us a great word don't get distracted Carl pay attention verse 10 chapter 7 so the Lord said to Joshua get up So I said that loudly. I'm sorry. But if you'll notice in the text, there's an exclamation mark. So picture this. Are you picturing this? Joshua, the mighty leader of the people of God. Great victory over Jericho. An impassable city. A city that was so walled up nobody could touch it. That great leader of a great victory is on his face before God. (laughs) Get up! What are you doing down there? What are you doing down there? Why do you lie thus on your face? Israel has sinned. And they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. (sighs) Verse 21. What happened was they stopped, stepped back and he said to Joshua as well, Zach was talking today about the first things Jericho was the first city they took and there is principles of first things even in possessing the land the first city was God's literally the first city was Kerem say Kerem the tithe is karam. all the first things are Karim. That same word is used for all those things. But karam means that all the first things are devoted to destruction. So it's devoted to God. And all the things, the silver, the gold, all those things, it's God's, take it into God's treasury, all right? So now there was a sin in Israel. One guy, this guy, and they did lots, they cast lots. Now Joshua stops and said, hey guys, we, we, we had a little issue taking AI. I didn't stop and talk to God. We should've talked to God first, but I listened to your advice instead of talking to him. But God just told me to get up and told me that we got a problem here. And uh, so what we're gonna do is, uh, who did it? And nobody came out. So they said, all right, we're gonna cast lots. So they cast lots, 12 tribes. Which tribe is it? Oh, it's this tribe. Okay, which clan is it in a tribe? It's this clan. Okay, which family is it in this clan? It's you Aiken. So Akin, anywhere in that whole journey, he could have said, hey, it was me. But no, Akin's just like, hey, dad, it's our tribe. Yeah, it's all right, don't worry about it. Ooh, dad, it's somebody in our clan. Wow, yeah, don't worry about it. Dad, it's you. How'd that happen? I hate it when it's me. So, Here's what Achan said, I saw, I coveted, I hid it. I saw some spoils, a beautiful Babylonian garment, I saw 200 shekels of silver, I saw a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, and I coveted it, and I took it, and I hid it in my tent. So I took some of the devoted stuff, and I kept it. But you know what's wrong with keeping devoted stuff? It's devoted stuff. And so what happened here was it didn't just cause a problem for him. Actually caused a problem for his whole family. Can you say, thank God, I live in a new covenant. Thank and thank God that Jesus became a curse for me. Because the word carem means curse. And so if he became a curse for me, guess what? I'll never experience because he became a curse for me. Thank you, Jesus. And even as Zach said so well, there's still principles that come through the cross that we need to abide by. Not because I'm afraid of the curse coming on my life, but because I want to be a child of God. I want to honor him. And so anyway, he said, I saw, I coveted, and I hid it. So you go back to Joshua 6, where here's what God said about uh, Jericho, abstain from the accursed things, lest you become accursed when you take the accursed things and make the camp a curse. So God said, don't touch the cursed stuff, because if you touch the cursed stuff and keep the cursed stuff, that curse will get on you, and it'll trouble the whole of Israel. So they knew that. This was a revelation they were walking in. This wasn't like accidentally happened. This was somebody who understood the direction of God and still said, I'm going I'm to juggle God's word a little bit to suit myself. I'm going to... I'm going to say, yeah, I hear that, but you know, now I love my mom. She's not here. She's in glory, but she's paying attention. But my mom sometimes would say to me, if she didn't agree with me, just to say, well, Carl, I like to think. And I said, I love that phrase, mom. Because <laughs> I'd say something, she said, I'm not so sure about that. I like to think. And I go, when you say, I like to think, you're just saying you disagree with me, right? So... And there's times we get into the word and we read it, we look at it, we see stuff and we go, yes. And then we go, well, oh, I like to think God really meant this. And so we, we juggle the revelation from God to suit our own purposes and plans. And that's a problem sometimes. Say, praise the Lord. Say, isn't this fun? Isn't it, it is fun. Carl, pay attention. Yes, yes, okay. It'll trouble it because the silver, the gold, the vessel, bronze, the iron, it's all consecrated to the Lord. They shall all come and try to see. Here's the amazing thing, that this is the only place that was devoted to God. Everything else was theirs. Ai was theirs. Every single bit of the land, every single bit of the rest of the journey was theirs. It was absolutely abundantly their provision. But sometimes you look at the first thing and you're like, I gotta hang on to that. Everything else is ridiculously blessed, sloppily and abundantly flowing towards you. But we get stuck on first things. So I'm going to paraphrase this whole thing for you. Ready? Cursed because of the troubler, we were chased by ruin to our destruction. So this is Kerem, the devoted things. Akin, his name means troubler. Ai, city literally means ruin. And where did they run to? Sherabim. So they were, by, they Sherabim, Akin, Ai. They, Kerem, Akin, Ai, Sherabim. So what they did was, they embraced some of the cursed stuff the troubler he brought trouble on all the people and we were chased by ruin to our destruction they couldn't face the smallest of enemies because they didn't keep a principle of first things now that really happened there that really happened there but as i said in the new covenant you know what that curse part we're not cursed he became a curse for us the last word in the old covenant is the word carom. at the end of malachi it says or i strike the word with i'll strike the world with karam what a horrible covenant to end with cursed that's the old covenant ends with curse, but the new covenant starts with the revelation of Jesus Christ. And he became a curse for us that we could walk in the blessing and privilege of God. Can you get an amen? amen. Some of you looking at me funny. <laughs> That's what I was saying to staff is that sometimes we should just not preach from the old covenant. So let's just stay in the gospel, Amen. <laughs> trying to, but you got to see this through the cross because the old covenant. Even when they taught the old covenant, they taught, look at Jesus, and so we want to be Jesus. So Joshua eight one now. Now what is this now? Say now. Well, what's happening now? Now we've got it all straightened out. We got everything fixed up. We we've dealt with all the issues. Okay, now we're ready. Now instead of saying, what do you spies think we should do? Joshua goes to God. Now the Lord said to Joshua, 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 do not be afraid or dismayed. Take all the people of war with you and arise and go up and take Ai. See, I have given into your hand the king of Ai and the people of his cities. Now, if Joshua wouldn't have done that the first time, we wouldn't have gone through all those difficulties. So the real lesson here is, don't take things in your own hands. Don't live out of your own wisdom. Always acknowledge him and you'll look like a genius. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you. I mean, see, it's amazing. I'm not that smart. But you know, when you trust and you walk by the revelation of God, the constant stream of God, He makes you look brilliant true story. I'm telling you, I'm living example of it. See, I have given. Again, see, I've given you Jericho. See, here's the revelation. I've given you AI. And then they have a whole strategy for how to take AI. But when they tried to take AI in their own strength, tried to do it with their own revelation, it didn't go good. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Say all. Means all your ways. All of them. Every single one of them. So lessons. You ready? A great victory. Don't live independently. God after great victory don't say I'm pretty good at this take a break big fella don't do that all right every day trust me it was more about him than you and just trust him every step of the way don't modify God's direction to suit yourself don't modify it don't don't say well I like to think that you can do this with God's plan too I like to think that you can kind of have a modified approach to how it all works don't do that your defeat is not his defeat Look where we are. Don't look where you are. We can change that. But your mess isn't his mess. He'll take care of your mess. But, you know, just because there's messy stuff going on in believers' lives don't mean God's a total failure. Just saying. I just threw that in Talk to him. He's committed to you. All right? Good lessons right there. You ready? I'm going to start the sermon now. Can you say amen? Amen. Wakey wakey rise and shine. We're gonna say something that might help you right now. You ready? Second Timothy six twelve. Fight the good fight of faith. Say of Everybody say of fight the good of faith lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called you've been called To the fight of faith you've been called to lay hold and appropriate eternal life Which you've also confessed with a good confession in the presence of many witnesses of faith Let me read it from another version of the New Living Translation fight the good fight for say for fight the good kite for the true faith hold tightly to the eternal life which god has called you which you have declared so well before many witnesses now let me see when you look at this who's fighting the fight whose faith is at work who's clinging on and hanging on for dear life who 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 Let's go back here. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life, to which you were also called and have confessed a good confession. Whose faith is it? It's a trick question. It's really not. It's the fight of faith. It's not the fight for faith. It's the fight of faith. And you know what? It's really the faith of God. And I exercise, I do believe, but I'm exercising belief in his faith has come to me. So I want to say something to you right now. Faith isn't something you do. Faith is something that happens to you. Let me say it again. Faith isn't something you do. Faith is actually something that happens to you. See, Joshua, I've given you Jericho. He's looking at Jericho. He's looking at an obstacle. Wonder how we're going to do that. See, Joshua, I've given you Jericho. All of a sudden, you get from God a downloaded deposit of the God kind of faith that brings results. Amen. So, faith isn't something you do, faith is something that happens to you. Amen. Boom. Because, look at this fight the good fight for the faith. So, some of you are kind of having a hard time. Let me help you out, all right? A good fight, it's brief. I don't get hurt, I win. That's a good fight. Let me say fight. We're going to fight today. Who wants to have a fight today? Most people don't like that. I don't know. How many say, you know, I I don't mind a fight. Bring your lunch because it could take a long time because I never quit. You could beat the snot out of me in the first couple of swings. But even if I'm down and out, I will gain consciousness. I will find out where you live. And you better bring your lunch because I'm coming. So, I don't know. I grew up and fighting was... My dad gave us boxing gloves for Christmas, so how weird is that? Hey, kids, here's some boxing gloves. Now let's sit down in the living room, and my uncles and I will decide who won. Go ahead, smack each other around. Okay, Dad. (laughs) What an entertaining Christmas that was. Yes, thank you, Dad. But most people, today you're going to fight. Oh, God. It's not a comfortable thing. You know? But these kind of fights I like. It's brief, I don't get hurt, I win. (laughs) Those kind of fights are good. I define that as a good fight, amen? How many of you ever been in a bad fight? I've been in a bad fight. I had a guy, he was in a grade lower than me, so I thought I'm going to whoop him. He lipped me at school. And so on the way home, on the pathway going out of the school, I waited for him, jumped him, boom, boom, boom. He got on top of me, though, and started choking me. He literally mounted me and had his hands around my neck, was choking me. I thought I was going to die. Thankfully, my brothers were coming by. They pulled him off. I said, get off him. And I went, oh my God. They're, they're like, what's wrong with you? My God, he's a grade four. You're a grade five. What's wrong with you? They were, they were disgusted with me. I said, well, wasn't fair. He jumped on me choked me he says everything is fair loser you know I was like, it was not a good fight <laughs> after that I learned punch in the throat first one <laughs> and then <laughs> <anyways>. <laughs> sorry wow man pray for me okay good it's brief I don't get hurt I win Woo! I love those kind of fights let me say uh, say say preposition how many love grammar? Like when you are in English grammar, good for you. That's awesome, love grammar. You probably hate my sermons then. <laughs> okay. My, my, my mother used to email me after services and tell me what was wrong with my slides. Again, thank you, mom. Anyway, so <laughs> it's okay. All right. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate that, Werner. Okay. Of and for are prepositions. They are prepositions. They are function words, function relationship words between parts and wholes. This one is, of is a relationship between a part and a whole, designating usually ownership. For is a preposition and the function word of relationship to intended desire or an object, something as future or purpose. What are you going to the store for? I'm going to the store for milk for what's it for what is it for of talks about something it's a it's a part of a whole it's something you possess it's of all right let me let me try to help you with this all right you see that can you see that okay so that's a bunch of flowers what kind of flowers are they Tiger lilies, thank you. I knew you would know. I have no idea what they are. Stuff just pops up in our garden. I don't know what it is, but it's pretty awesome. They planted stuff that every season something's popping up. But I thought these were cool. Picture with my iPhone. Pretty good picture, actually. But now, would these be flowers for my garden or flowers of my garden? Say thank you, teacher. I just helped you with the preposition. But this is really important because guess what in your Bible in the original language your Bible is written in there's prepositions and if you have the wrong pep- preposition you'll have the wrong doctrine and there's a lot of people with the wrong doctrine about faith because they read a translation with the wrong preposition and it really is you can check the original language and find out that was not what the author meant and I often say to people they say what's the best translation They go, usually the one you understand But the best translations for study are usually word-to-word literal translations. The hard thing about word-to-word translations is they're awkward to read. So there's flow of reading, other translations are good, but often for flow of reading they mess things around. And when you change the of and the for, now I could say I'm going to get flowers for my garden, what would that mean? That's not this. I'd be going, I, it means I don't possess it, I want it. So if I'm saying fight the fight for the faith, I'm saying I don't have it. I'm saying it, it's over there somewhere. It's something that I've got to get or something I've got to do to make this a part of my possession. But you see, the fight of faith starts with possession. I have it already. I'm not fighting to get it. I'm fighting from a position of ownership. And not only do I own it, I also own the power, the faith, the word, the revelation to bring it into manifestation. So that's why I can walk with God out of a place of total rest, the rest of faith, because he did all the heavy lifting. I just got to say, whoa, let me give you another example. You ready? This is the sleeve. Is this the sleeve sleeve for my shirt or my sweater? Or is this the sleeve of my sweater? Exactly. Because it was a sleeve. Could you bring me the sleeve for my sweater? This is the sleeve of my sweater. It's the fight of faith. It's not the fight for faith. I'm not trying to get more faith if you just got more faith brother if you could get the faith for that you could have it and if you could get more faith for it boom imagine what you could do if you could get more and what that does to us is it puts the promise of God which are all yes and amen in Christ it puts them somewhere else where am I in Christ where's the promise finished in Christ what do I have in Christ every single good thing are we okay that's why I said faith isn't something you try to stir up. Faith is something that literally happens to you. Here's Mary. She's minding her own business. When an angel shows up, you're favored among all women. You're going to give birth to the Son of God. What? Well, that, like, how's that going to happen? Not a problem. Every word from God has power to achieve what it's sent for. So the word, the faith, everything necessary for that to take place, it all came from God. So even the faith to believe that it would happen, God, every word from God contains everything necessary to bring in a manifestation. But when you go try to take AI without a word from God, you have altered God's plan, took it in your own hands, modified the whole situation and said, if you don't mind, big fella, I'm going to do it this way. When you do that, you're not operating out of rest. You're operating out of human effort. You're operating out of works. Are you okay? How many? That, that's, those are, if you, if you look in the background, there's our front porch and everything. So those really are, they are flowers of our garden. So anyways, flowers of our garden, flowers for our garden, of, I possess it now, for, I'm going to possess it in the future. Do you have faith right now for your healing? The faith of your healing was finished work in Christ Jesus. It's a done deal. I am not trying to be healed. I'm not hoping to get healed. I am healed in Jesus' name. But you see, if I have a theology that says healing only happens if you just get all your duckies in a row and, you know, you got to, you got to get the right scripture. You got to say it the right way. You got to speak it 25 times a day and then maybe, boop, Finally, I did enough for God to heal me. Every healing took place at the cross. Every promise is yes and amen in Christ. See, and if we we turn religion, and we turn, we, as charismatics, we're like... You know, don't you wanna go to another level of glory? Don't you wanna step into a new realm with Jesus? Don't you wanna have a little better experience than the one you got? Oh, yes, I do. Here's what the devil said, don't you wanna be like God? That was the first temptation. And they're like, is there a way way to get this done that I don't have to live out of his voice? Is there a way to live life where I don't have to abide with him every moment of my day? Is there a way that I can get results? That's why Jesus said, I don't live by bread alone. I live by the preceding word of God. I live by every word that streams from his voice every moment of my life. You know, you will take and you'll possess the territory God has given to you if every moment of your life you live out a constant stream of seeing and hearing and eyes to see and ears to hear come from God. And then you agree with him and bring it into manifestation. (sighs) So you knew it was a trick question, right, Mitchell? I threw a tricky one out there. I should have given everybody the answer first. So, Bible translations, again, there's direct and there's dynamic. The direct translations, word for word, dynamic is more of a paraphrase. Like, if that was awkward the way that was written, it had thus and therefore on a bunch of things, words that are awkward for us, we'll put it in an easier paraphrase. The message is a paraphrase. Uh, the New Living is, a, is a built on a paraphrase. But Young's literal translation, the original authorized King James Version, is sometimes awkward because it's a word-for-word word translation. Every translation is a translation, but some are done differently and with different purpose. So when you study, thank God we have computers. I can pull up 15 translations of one verse, but I can also find. Out, is that literal or is it dynamic? And I could even go back to the original. And let me tell you, this is the sleeve of my sweater. Where not where is the sleeve for my sweater? Because healing is a part of the whole, and it's all yours in Christ Jesus. Is this helping anybody or is it just for Carl? It's just for Carl. Let me read you a couple verses where this is important. Now, this is the Passion Translation, and, and Brian Simmons. I know Brian. Brian says happy birthday to me. And Brian's done a translation, the Passion Translation. He's preached it here with us. He's been at two of our national conferences. A really good guy. Great story. But Brian has developed this translation called the Passion Translation. And you can get it on the Bible thing, all the Bible dictionaries. They all carry it. And you listen to a lot of preachers. They're all quoting it. But this is what Brian says in Galatians 2.16. Let me see if you can see the difference, all right? Here's a test. Are you paying attention? Tell me if you can see the difference. We know that no one received God perfect righteousness as a reward for keeping the law but only by the faith of Jesus the Messiah his faithfulness has saved us how did you get saved it's the faithfulness of God that saved you and we have received God's perfect righteousness and we know that God accepts no one by keeping the religious laws all right that's galatians 2:16 galatians 2:16 Know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ Jesus and not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. So there they use faith in. So it's because of my faith in something that I'm getting the benefits. Let's go back up. Faith of... It's only the faith of Jesus. It's not faith in something, but it's the faith of Jesus that brings that into my life. It's the faithfulness of God that has saved me. It's the faithfulness of God that heals me. It's his faithfulness to speak every day. It's his faithfulness lead and direct me every day. It's faithfulness to speak to me and to lead me and to guide me is what brings me into the blessing every day of my life. It's not, okay, I guess I'm going to get healed. I better start pulling out some healing scriptures. I better start confessing enough of them. I better really get with the program and go after my healing. You'll hear that on Trinity Broadcasting and everywhere else and all kinds of stuff. I'm not trying to mess with you. I'm not trying to say, Carl's right. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just trying to say, the Bible speaks. And I'm sadly watching all kinds of people on a treadmill of thinking, how did I screw up? How did they get healed and I didn't? Well, you don't have enough faith, brother. But you see, if it's my faith, I got a problem. But when it's the faith of God, it's to everyone. And there's no works attached to it. It's freely given to every single person. Whosoever will can have it because it's not based on your faithfulness. It comes to you because of the faithfulness of Jesus. And be faithful. Yes. The candles waved at me. It was so awesome. All right, let's go. I'm going to give you one more verse. We could, go through, we could go through the whole New Testament. We could go through this, all right? According to the eternal purpose of God, which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. By the faith of Bob. By the faith of Susie. By the faith of Ralph or George. By the faith, by the faith. See, it's by the faith of him. Who? Jesus. See, you could never do it. You could never, ever do it. See, the good news that we preach is the good news of Jesus Christ, that there's a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. A righteousness that comes. And righteousness doesn't just mean born again. It means every single aspect of your life. Righteousness, body, soul, spirit, everything. A life-giving righteousness is by the faith of Jesus. But we've been teaching people to, going to have another faith course today, brother. Hallelujah. We're going to teach you how to get more faith. And yet the Bible, Jesus said, there is no more or less faith. He said that. And yet we're trying to drum people up with more faith. Jesus said, where is your faith? He didn't say, how much do you have? But where is it? Where is your faith directed? Because you know what? I have confidence to approach him and I have access to him by the faith of him. Now, don't get wigged out by that. It's just the Bible. I didn't write it. Let me read it from the nearly inspired version of the NIV. All right. According to his eternal purpose that accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in him, triumphing through faith in him. So I'm triumphing through faith in in him so if I have faith in Jesus I can approach God with confidence now some of you might say well I never thought of it that way a lot of people do you might say well I that never bothered me because I understand it was faith and it was his faith I was never troubled with that translation well let me tell you a lot of people I talk to are stuck and a lot of people who aren't walking in the promises of God they feel beat up and they feel like it's me I what I didn't do something good enough somewhere I screwed up you it doesn't matter you see you were a screw up but he saved you his faithfulness came to you i mean the faith of god has invaded your life and your world and you know it's so good because so look at that how do you want you want to have confidence by the faith of god or do you want confidence by having faith in him semantics whatever i'm telling you it's real important that you can have the faith of my sleeve, or the faith for my sleeve—it's very, very different thing. Faith of God concerning any circumstance comes by hearing. Romans 10:15 says, "Faith then is birth in a heart that responds to God's anointed utterance of the anointed one." So, what happens? Faith is actually birthed. My wife's waving her clock at me, so we're going to wrap it up because Cheryl says I'm done. So, thank you, honey. And we're very close. We're very close. Faith then is birthed. Faith is actually birthed in a heart. Faith faith comes to you, divine faith, the God kind of faith. It's birthed in your heart because you've heard revelation. See, Joshua, I've given you Jericho. See, Joshua, I've given you Ai. Living every moment out of the powerful utterance of God. Is this helping three people? Same three people. That's so good. So here it is. Faith is something that happens to me. Say, happens to me. If you get nothing else out of the rest of this service, faith happens to you. And God is speaking words of faith to you. He's speaking life-giving words of faith to you. And I am intentionally engaged in a steady stream of words from his mouth. Romans 1.17, the gospel unveils a continual revelation, not a revelation, but a continual revelation of God's righteousness, a perfect righteousness, given, say given. Not earned. Not like, well, it happened in my life because I just got enough faith, brother. Hallelujah. And it's just like you get spiritual pride going on. that You know, like I've really accomplished something in God. I, and, It's perfect righteousness that is given to us when we believe and it moves us from receiving life through faith to power of living by faith. That is what happens and what the scripture means when it says we are right with God through life giving faith. We are saved by faith from faith to faith. That's how it all works. So I rest and I receive and I defend and I protect. I rest and receive, I defend and protect what I possess by the faith of Christ. So there's a lot of activity there. There really is. But my activity is to make sure it's all about him. So I rest and I receive and I defend and I protect what I possess by the faith of Jesus Christ. I weed my garden. I protect my flowers. I Well, I really don't. Cheryl does. But we take care of what was ours. The other owners planted it. It pops up every year. It's amazing. But you know what? We've received it. We rest in it. But we defend it and we protect it so that we enjoy it every year. Amen. But you know what? It's the flowers of our garden. I'm not going to get flowers for my garden. My garden is full of the promises of God. And they spring up. I don't even know how. But they show up in my life every year. And I got flowers in my garden. Hallelujah. 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 The next part of the sermon. That's it. Let me just ask you something Is faith something you do Or is faith something that happens to you It happens to you You know the the minute Anything that you thought I'm going to embrace that You know why you said that Because of his faithfulness And you know because You know I like that Because it took all the heavy lifting away We're not saved by works at all Not a single thing that we did But by grace Through the faith of God We've embraced every good thing I hope that helps somebody, because it helped me a lot. And God bless you. Come on, stand up with me. Let's pray. Everybody praying. We're all praying. We're all praying. Can I just do this, please? I got to do it. But I want all the believers just praying. I want you to bow your heads. You know, listen, if you're here today, you wandered in and, hey, wow, a church is open. That's pretty interesting. I saw online that I could actually, you know, worship Jesus in person. And you might be here and say, you know, I don't know, I, I heard all the things you're talking about, but I've never made that decision to become a part of the family of God. Well, you know what you heard today? You heard a word of faith. You know what you heard today? You heard good news. You heard a life-giving message, and the message that was spoken literally has power in it to transform your life. The word has happened to you today. There was a guy who was sick, and as Paul was preaching, he began preaching, and suddenly he saw that the word affected somebody. He said, the word affected you so much, he says, I see faith. He literally, he saw the word enter that person's life and he says, I saw faith. Guys cut open a roof and drop down a guy. He says, I see faith. Faith happened to them. And they decided to do something ridiculous because faith empowers you to believe for the impossible. But there's faith, there's saving faith in the room right now that will bring you fully into the family of God. And if you say, I've never... that step to just embrace the saving faith of God that brings me into His family. But I want to do it right now. I want to say yes to it. Because the promises are yes and amen in Christ. So right now, if that's you, I'm going to count to three. And I want you to put your hand really high where I can see it. You ready? One, two, three. Lift your hand very, very high. Wow, we got a lot of believer services going on. (laughs) that's a good thing. Amen. Let me pray for you. Well, thank you, Father, for such an amazing day. Thank you for the wonderful blessing of being in your presence. Thank you for the experience that is so unique when we praise God together. Thank you for the way your presence and thank you that deposits of faith, deposits were made in our life today. As we worshiped you, you came and gave us visions of a preferred future and showed us things, opened our heart to fresh things. And Father, I thank you. It's a, I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of God. Thank you for your presence that has enriched us and blessed us today. Thank you for your word that is alive and your word is powerful. It's living. My words are spirit. And my words are life. We thank you for that word. We thank you that you speak every day. We thank you that you guide and direct us every moment. So, Father, I just bless right now. I pray that your love would just invade every heart, Father, in a fresh way. I thank you, Jesus, for your great grace. I pray that the revelation of it would wrap and surround each and every one. And Father, I pray right now, and I thank you for the partnership of the Holy Spirit. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're with me, in me, animating me, directing me, guiding me, leading me, every aspect of my life. So I thank you for your partnership. I just loose these people. I loose them on the world. I loose them on their circumstances. I loose them in their world to just bring about your goodness and your glory. Father we thank you as a family we pray for Deb we got Deb Dewan here today and you know Deb called me I was standing in this aisle last Sunday and Deb called and said it doesn't look like Terry's going to make it and Terry had made a few decisions and thought you know when it gets to that Deb I'm good to go home and so you know I had the honor of just serving Deb last Sunday afternoon as we you kissed Terry goodbye and we saw him slip right into the arms of Jesus in a beautiful and peaceful way but Deb we love you champion, and we just pray for you that you wouldn't feel that loss, although it's a big loss, it's a it's a gaping hole, but I thank you that the Lord will fill it and comfort you and bless you, and uh, we pray for you, Deb, in Jesus' name, pray for this season in your life that God would just open fresh doors and new things and bless you, in Jesus' name so thank you guys be blessed pray for us pray about the journey we're on and we hope by next week to have so much more exciting information for you but thank you for going on this big trip with us so have fun we're going to have prayer up here so there's people coming up front to pray if you need prayer there's going to be people kind of distanced and spaced a little bit so if you need prayer I'm telling you miracles happen at this altar there's people here who've had miracles at this altar and so there's life transforming things so if you need prayer. Don't go away today without an opportunity to be blessed. So God bless you. Have an awesome day.